Hello and welcome to Everyday's Great. An experimental Let's Play podcast. With Caleb Zane Hewitt and Nick Splendor. <laughs> you don't remember the song Friday. Uh, which one? Now that's... It's not the I'm Friday, I'm in love song, No, it's right? not that one. I'm Friday, I'm in love. No, 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 no. And I apologize to our listeners for having to hear this again, even mm-hmm. though you might have thought you escaped it years ago. Right. Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's yeah, I, looking uh, forward to the weekend, weekend. That sounds like a, like a, like a Frankenstein of three different good songs. Okay, history lesson. Yeah, tell because me. Because it kind of is. Break me down. So there was... <laughs> Break me down, build me up, Friday, Friday. <laughs> There's a company. What they would do, basically. What? Why are you laughing? I just took a huge glug of coffee just right into the mic. I just tried to turn right and went. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's this company that got popular because what they would basically do, everybody found out pretty soon after Friday became popular, yeah. is they would take your money, rich families, uh-huh. and they would write a song and make a music video for your rich child. Who was able to sing the song and be in a music video with their friends or whatever. Oh. So it was basically a music on demand production company that was just churning out these awful, awful songs. Yeah. And so this video of this girl like hanging out with her friends in front of a green screen, uh-huh. and, like in like a car in front of a green screen, okay. singing about Friday and how you got to get down on Friday and how everyone's looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. Uh, is w- we should play a little bit of it on the podcast, even though everybody in the world already knows it for sure 100%. Okay. It started out as a viral YouTube video because of that awful video online. And then it became played on radio stations because people requested it. Oh, wow. And then it got to the point, it got to that awful point where, like, people were playing it over... Oh, no. If you were in high school at the time, they were playing it over the PA to make jokes. Or they were, like... <laughs> it became, like, one of those so ubiquitous and also, like, roughly wholesome memes... Yeah. ...that the adult world grabbed a hold of... Okay. ...that just became, like, 100% permeated into everything that happened and that was what i was talking about with you earlier when i was saying that uh it was the same time as call me maybe which had the exact same thing happen to it i oh. think we just had a very very ready to take a terrible song and make it everything moment those like couple years 2010 yeah. or 2011 or whatever i don't i'm not gonna say i haven't heard that song but at that time i think i was so disconnected from that style of music that mm-hmm. i just yeah wasn't I wasn't getting it. Like, call me, maybe I had to learn, you know, I'd learn who that was after the fact. Yeah. Years later. The girl who sang Friday, too, it must have, it, I think it definitely sucked for her for a while because yeah. she was, like, basically just made fun of because the song was so bad. Oh, no. And later on, I think she released another single that was called Saturday that was very tongue-in-cheek and <laughs> took a good attitude about it. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Black was her name. Oh, yeah, I've heard her. Okay, yeah. But uh, it was hysterical. It became huge. I hope she made some money. But 
Hmm. Yeah, I hope her I hope her rich family was able to pay for her to make a video to make some money. <laughs> I think an aspect of that that's missing from Persona is that like awful high school trend thing that goes through. Like uh, the closest oh. thing they have in this game is like steak. But I would really <laughs> I guess the Midnight Channel is kind of doing that. That's the awful high school trend. Yeah, murders are the trend <laughs> in this town. They don't have time to get into songs because people are dying. Is the rhythm and pace different because they're in a rural zone are they discon like they're kind of culturally disconnected i guess so but you you will learn pretty soon that they are pretty aware of pop culture yeah. overall hmm. so last week by last week i mean a month ago roughly <laughs> we finished on june 9th but we didn't do the night of june 9th so we're going to start with june 9th and we're going to go forward from there <laughs> i'm caleb zane hewitt and i'm nick splendor and we'll just jump in there today and we are here to tell you about persona 4 welcome back june 9th So we go to work at the hospital. We work in the... We were cleaning the hospital like we've done before. Yeah, we were right back to Vampire Town. (laughs) And we see an old woman in a morning dress just like hanging out in the hospital. She turns and looks at us for a while and then just turns around and walks away. She doesn't say anything. Little old lady in a black dress and veil. We're in a spooky hospital. Absolutely nothing happens. And then... We run into Sayoko again while we're cleaning, who asks if we have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We respond by saying, right in front of me. Yeah, we <laughs> were trying to figure out how to uh, relate to Sayoko and sort of wondered, like, yeah, well, okay, you're getting a little flirty. What if we flirt back? And she doesn't like that. Yeah, so she says, like, explicitly, watching high school students makes me so angry because they're so happy and young and I'm not and I just want to see them get screwed over by life. Yes. And then she says, well, that was half a joke. Do you get what I'm saying? And steps closer. (laughs) And it's like, I just want to see them get screwed. Is that, is it that half? Bum, bum! (laughs) Or is it just that you're over life? Yeah, or just that you're over life. And this is actually, I do want to talk about it a little bit because I, this is... That's why we're here, Caleb. It's getting... It's getting grosser. We hang out with yes. her one or two times this week, mm-hmm. and it is getting grosser that it's built into this game mm-hmm. that you have to say no to her advances in order for her to like you. Like, yep. to to advance this social link in the most expedient way possible, yeah. you have to play along in this, like, role play that I am not comfortable with. Are you saying that to me because you are comfortable with it, but you don't want me to, like, get... Like you're are you no. are you negging me right now? No. Are you- <laughs> and that and like I'm starting to wonder about this too because a little bit later this week we'll talk about running into some older women and having a similar conversation. Yeah. It seems like somebody working on the writing of this game kind of had a thing a little mm. bit. They sort of had an older women thing. Yes. Because it comes up just like all the time. Comes up repeatedly. And like one of the social links is like a sad mom who really wants to spend time with you. Yep. And like we do this with Sayoko where it's explicitly about like the young kid being like, I don't know. And the older woman being like, come on, come youth. Come on, I'll, yeah. It's such a weird, like it's just weird that it's so pervasive in this game. Yeah. And Sayoko is absolutely coded vampire. Like when I mm, first mm-hmm. played, I really, really did. I was like, this is... This is like a vampire, right? This is for sure a vampire. Well, she is a vampire, and I don't know why you would say that she isn't. Oh, no, I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying that, like... It's immediately out of the gate. Yeah. She she works in a hospital where maybe nobody else works except one doctor. And as as previously discussed, 
it's the perfect place for a vampire to be. Yeah, exactly. And then, especially there's the scenes this week where she's like, yeah, you're you're so young and that makes me jealous. It's like, because you're centuries old. Yeah. And you are suffering an eternal And you have of- the ability to literally suck the youth yeah. out of things. Uh-huh. That's a really incredible turn for this. And especially considering where you must be and where I was when I first played, yeah. not knowing like how into reality are these creators yes exactly. like how supernatural is this allowed to get it's totally feasible like maybe she is a vampire right maybe there are other supernatural elements bleeding into this world mm-hmm. um not just the tv world but we don't know yet um another discovery that we had this week was that you can if you're looking at the personas in the menu mm-hmm. you can press the left shoulder button to see their little 3D in-game models. Oh, and like a little bio about them. And a little them. bio about them. Yeah, so we learned a lot more about some demons. And um, unfortunately, uh, one of those that we read was the Incubus. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah. The only good fact there being that someone who is um, wrongfully impregnated by an Incubus gives birth to a witch or wizard. I wonder if it's, if it's saying that in the old context of like a witch definitely being like... An evil creature of yeah. the devil. Like, like a half-devil creature, yeah. Like uh, having a kid and then having it swapped with a changeling or whatever. Like, mm. it's supposed to be something that's scary. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, ah, oh, dang. I wish I was a witch. Give me that devil baby. <laughs> Give me that devil baby. I'll raise, I'll raise a devil baby. I'll raise a devil baby as long as it can expel the armis, you know? Glad to do it. <laughs> <laughs> June 10th. It's a dachi time. We don't do anything in the morning, but then we go hang out with a dachi later. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, he says, like, I don't cook a whole lot. I eat a lot of cup ramen. Mm-hmm. I really need a girlfriend because she can cook for me, which the is The most like, important thing for a woman, in my opinion, is that she can cook. Like He says that like, explicitly. I like, the, I like the cute ones, but I really go for the knockouts. But the most important thing for me is that she can cook. Uh, hey, guess what, Adachi? We're not going to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, this that was... Social link is over. I am declaring it. Unless I am forced by circumstances, I will never speak with Adachi again. You don't get Good. to bring that shit to me. No. And expect me to continue to want to be your friend and figure out your shit. You got to figure that shit out before you bring it to me. We've okay? de- yeah, we've dealt with a lot of nonsense with these social links, but not right out the gate. Someone just being absolute garbage. Adachi, out of here. He also says he's 27. He's 27 years old. I was reading him as like 22, 23, maybe like a few years, you know, it's like just out of college or something. Oh, really? Older than us. I was reading him. Older than that? Yeah. Also, you said a, a little bit older than us, like in high school. I, yeah, yeah. I was assuming he was a little bit older than that or maybe younger, maybe. But like the, I just 27, mm. something about specifically 27 mm-hmm. made me be like, what? And in the conversation we had with the nurse the night before, she said she was roughly 10 years older than us. So like. Oh, right. Yeah. So, like, Adachi Sayoko, they're both 27. I bet she she doesn't need to know how to cook, but she's got a lot of power. Or, well, and he won't need her to cook for him after she eats him. Yeah, after she, yeah exactly. I was going to say, worst case scenario, she sucks out all his blood, and then he's, we just don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, issue, correction, editorial, best case scenario. <laughs> we Adachi- are going to feed Adachi to Sayoko. <laughs> because if we can convince... Like, I think he reads younger because of how, like, shitty he is. And so if we can be like, hey, I brought you a young one. Uh-uh. But, but he, he'll still be young compared to her. That's the most important thing. Because like, she's still she's young centuries enough. and centuries exactly. and centuries old. Adachi, Adachi's actual line that he didn't quite finish was like, uh, the most important thing about a woman is that she can cook me. me. 
Yes, well, happy to oblige. <laughs> well, Welcome to my fan fiction, which is two paragraphs long. To put Sayoko and Adachi together? Yep, exactly. Perfect. I'm a, yeah, Sayachi forever. During, Sayachi. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a spice. Srirachi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sriracha. That's just what it is. But as we were finishing talking to Adachi, another old woman appears. Another old woman. And this time the old woman is mistaking, not exactly mistaking Adachi for her son, but she finds out that Adachi's first name, which is Ta- Toru. Toru. Mm-hmm. She calls him Toru-san or whatever. Yeah. And he finds out, he has apparently found out in the past that she has a son whose name is also Toru and since she found out that he has the same name yeah. she like dotes on him and keeps bringing this I forget what kind of food it is a cabbage some some kind of cabbage something dish. I was not familiar with yeah and she brings a whole lot of it apparently and we'll just like find him station. yeah and we'll like yeah. find him with this big tin of whatever this one food she makes is <laughs> and just like shovel it off on him yeah. and so he has been trying to avoid her which is what he was doing in the last uh, the the last social link meeting where we we saw him and he's like oh crap the old lady's coming I gotta go hide me hide me yes exactly he very quickly is like uh, I have to get back to work and she's like oh already well see you later yeah and that's another thing that this game likes to do which is make old women mistake people for other people uh-huh. which we find out that evening because we go back to the hospital again yeah and the old woman is there at the beginning again yeah and she comes up and actually talks to us this time and she says sorry for staring at you i mistook you for someone else yes the almost exact same thing we've had these weird uh overlaps where these may be deliberate or or unintentional thematic things throughout the game but where we have something line up where we've just happened to go to the hospital at this particular like level of social link and then talk to adachi and so we have this like one two three punch of old woman times yeah old old women like mistaking you for someone else yeah um but she says to us in the hallway this the 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 funeral woman she's got a morning veil on yeah and she's like oh i mistook you for someone else uh it's it's hard being old and then basically we're like um are you okay and she's like i'll tell you about it some other time this is a small town i'm sure we'll run into each other again yes and then she leaves yeah so we see Sayoko a second later and Sayoko is acting kind of like weird and angry. Yeah. She's like being really short with us. She seems really frustrated. And we go into a room and she's like, clean up this room and don't ask what happened to the patient in here. She makes a very strong implication that something bad happened. And you're like, oh, uh, okay. That you're the good options are like, no, I, I think maybe this is making me a little bit uncomfortable. Like what happened? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I was just kidding to mess with you. He was really, really nice. He was a sick old man that's doing a lot better. Yeah. But he was so silly is like the word she used. Yeah. She's like, he was so silly. He said he loved me. Mm-hmm. And then he left. And then she says like, everybody leaves. Right. They only need me when they're my patients and then they're gone. Right. Which I would like to say mm-hmm. is a very vampiric problem. Oh, the everybody leaves problem, right? The immortal, yes. The immortal seeing people mm-hmm. come and go, and think of the like, think of the feeble feeling of being an immortal vampire, yeah, working at a hospital Ooh. and helping to prolong the short lives of humans <laughs> who are not vampires. So you're like, not only are you seeing people die all the time, you're helping people not die, and in your head being like. You're still dying in basically a second. Yeah, it, 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 this doesn't really matter. Oh, this is such an interesting vampire story, like, that I kind of want to write now. Okay, yeah. The, like, the weird context of a vampire who actually maybe is passionate about healing humans and yeah. helping humans. It's like a vet? 
Yeah, would they be more like a vet in relation to humans? Like, you don't really matter, and you will die, but it's good while it lasts. That's a very, very tough thing to say about animals that you just did a little bit. Wow, what? Don't really matter? Wow, what? Well, but I mean, in terms of scale, I don't... But I I don't mean that they don't matter, but the fact that, uh, you know, a dog or a cat is probably going to die in the next decade, while, you know... God willing, inshallah, you're gonna be around for a few more decades. I feel like it's I feel like it's even worse because you're looking at like a creature that's ten percent of your life, yeah, versus a creature that's theoretically point zero 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 one percent. As of a your vampire, life. you might live forever. And a doctor that doesn't mind the midnight shift because that's all they can work. Yeah, kinda, exactly. Kind of the perfect doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. a doctor that you know you just give them some blood, keep them indoors, and they can keep working indefinitely for days probably and they're just fine we kind of talk her through that a little bit and she switches very quickly into back into that jokey demeanor of like she's she gives us this serious like everyone leaves they only need me when they're my patients and then no matter what we say really she responds with like a you just don't get it. Like, you, there's no way for you to get it. You're too young, and you just don't understand. And then at the very end, she tries to put a little bit more of that mask back on of like... Yeah, she's like, you don't want to get caught by, by me. me. And yeah. she just gives like a little smile. And it says specifically, like, you feel like you've seen a little bit more of her true self. Mm-hmm. Um, this like mask has cracked just a little bit in front of us. Yeah. And revealing like something that's probably totally, totally real and something that I felt before. This like putting on this like character that's even like not even necessarily a good person mm-hmm. but developing this like confident weird aggressive like side of yourself so that you can sort of use that as a shield against like well at least if they don't like this part of me right then i know that there's part i know that's dislikable like, by some people even me though like mm-hmm. they uh, yes of course and so it's cool to have seen that and then to see her get mad that we don't get it like she really was trying to reach out but yeah. she also genuinely it gets in the way when you 100% believe no one will be able mm. to relate to you. Yeah, good point. June 11th. So then we see another old lady. Oh, yeah, it's an A. Then just keep on coming. And this time she talks about veils and she tells us something that I have not yet looked up to confirm how real this is. Uh-huh. She says that potentially, the original, potentially, yeah, potentially the original purpose of a wedding veil, mm-hmm. mythically, is that if you wear it, it keeps the devil from making you grow horns uh-huh. after your wedding night. Yeah. And so she, so then we think, okay, she's going to ask us to find like a wedding veil or something. Like, oh, no. That, that's what I thought <laughs> yeah, at first. Exactly. And then we say, oh, yeah, we know what a wedding veil is. And she's like, oh, you know about this myth? That's very impressive that a high schooler knows that. And we were both like, why what? would it be impressive that a high schooler knows about a wedding veil? Yeah. She tells this story. It's weird. And then she says, I... Uh, I was married to this guy for a really, really long time. Yeah. And then he, we're no longer married. Or yeah, he, he died he or died, something. And she, like, felt like she has become a better person now. Yeah. Like, her, like, extrication from this relationship has improved her. Mm-hmm. And so she said, it's like my horns fell off. Yeah. And so I would like you to find some horns that I can hang up and tell people those are the horns I grew after my wedding yeah. to represent the new me. Wow. <laughs> That is uh, about 40 layers of self-knowledge and reflection, and, and so, like, that's pretty intense. And I love it, and I'm going to get this lady some horns. I know. What an incredible... She's like, and nowhere around here sells horns for some reason. Yeah, there's no... I've looked everywhere, and just nobody carries the horns that I need. What's? I wonder what the wildlife is like in Japan. Like, taxidermy is not super hard to find in... America and sure. like if you want like 
fake horns. There's Renaissance fairs, just like, gosh, just like cockroaches. We got everywhere. horns all over. We got more Renaissance fairs than we right. know what to do with. Mm. Every, if you haven't seen in your city's Renaissance fair, then you haven't looked hard enough because it's always running. There's always at least it's one. Yeah. There's always, sometimes there's a Renaissance fair in my house, Nick. Oh, no. It's so hard to deal with. I have They have Wait. forced horns on me. You wake up one day. And you're covered in dragon puppets and and <laughs> somebody uh, somebody dr- wearing legs. somebody wearing fairy wings who's just like blazed out of their mind is like <laughs> buy these horns you just tie them in your head and me fifteen year old me yeah absolutely down one hundred percent asking my parents for money to buy those yeah. horns and dragon puppets and they're like we're not giving you any money but then the fairy winks and says check your back pocket and you've got a bag full of gold coins <laughs> in your pocket and the gold coins are all actually chocolate and that chocolate is in fact baked with wheat this is renaissance fair this is a renaissance fair <laughs> have you ever bought one of those necklaces that has like the the dragon's claw holding the orb did you ever, were you did you ever fall for one of those no but i wanted it i still have mine it's oh, got a red man, orb i did want that <laughs> i never mm, yeah as a teen i never engaged in actually purchasing any jewelry of any kind mm-hmm. um, i used to wear like necklaces so tight close to my neck and that was i don't know how anyone didn't out me before the time that i came out because i was wearing like basically i would wear like a like one string choker with like a little wolf figurine Mm -hmm. hanging off of it like a collar like what was i doing (laughs) i also very good i was also one of those kids i would wear two or three of them at a time too so i would have like a couple wolves i was one of those kids too where when i was a kid i liked dragon stuff and like whenever my dad and i when i was like 11 or 12 went to china a town somewhere uh-huh. i bought like my first experience with haggling was yeah, like yeah. buying a dragon oh man uh at a chinatown store uh-huh and you were like, like i only have five gold weed chocolate coins and she was like great it's five weed chocolate coins <laughs> that's exactly how it went is i was like oh no i don't have 42 dollars and she was like how much do you have and i said 30 and she said that's great <laughs> and then later on my dad was like you shouldn't have said all the money you had and that's how i learned wow but I, my my family yeah. decided that I was like a dragon kid. Oh, you're a dragon boy. Oh, no. <laughs> and so even up to when I was like 17, yeah. sometimes I would get like a big dopey dragon uh, figure oh, man. for Christmas. I would love that. Oh, no. If, see, if I was like more true to myself at that time, I think that would have been more of my, uh, my jam. Ryan, my brother, got swords. He was the sword kid. And he mm. has a like container full of sword like like a thing where you put umbrellas right like a like a big yeah. like a big bucket like a bucket for popcorn for christmas popcorn but oh. then you put umbrellas in it okay the big metal bucket yeah right and then you put yeah like a th- like the he- thing that you put fireplace pokers in kind of yeah 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 he's got that but bit like full of swords mm-hmm. <laughs> i had i had a couple swords that i like hung up on my wall i'm like mm. revealing all the worst mm-hmm. i bought like a 30 dollar like faux katana yes, from like a uh, store in town and hung it yes. up above my bed. Like, and I used to think about like, okay, if somebody came into the mm-hmm. house, I could just pull it out. How would I grab the sword? I would be right. Re- yeah, exactly. How would I get it? <laughs> the worst. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow, 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 wow. The funny thing about the dragon figurine is like full circle. Yeah. When I was 17 or 18, I was like, ugh, like, I can't believe they still think I'm like the dragon kid. Like, why are they getting this for me? Uh-huh. And now, 24, I'm like, man, that would rock. Wow, I would love to get another dragon statue. I would love to get some good dragon statues up in here. <laughs> I'm like looking at that diva 
figurine online, the really expensive Overwatch Diva figurine, and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't spend four hundred fifty dollars on this, but I would uh, get it for Christmas. I could get it. My uh, the alchemy of your your house is just produced in my head. Uh, you have all these mannequins all over your house. I do. And uh, if you also had dragon figurines, and I was like, how would you put the dragons on the mannequins? And then I thought, what if we had dragon mannequins? What if we had a shop? Where we put the t-shirts on dragons. <gasps> oh my gosh. That would be amazing. Oh, that's a stare. Especially if it's like, <laughs> if the, you see the dragon and it's got like, it's big claws and you just have the shirt on the one hand. Oh shit. Because it's, <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> it's so big and the sleeves of the shirt are like this and then it's like going right oh there. Oh my God. And the dragon has like eight hands coming off the side so it's like holding up a bunch of different shirts (laughs) there's one on its tail dude there's one just like on its tongue that's like i mean okay that's actually like a really good idea for a store (laughs) (laughs) that's some persona shit you walk into a shop and it's like Welcome to Croco Fur. Croco Fur. Oh my gosh, I just had another great idea too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To add to the a layer of this, uh-huh. what if uh, Silphthor, the fashion dragon, yeah, is sitting on a horde of mannequins? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's like actual mannequins under him, and maybe one of them is like he's holding one up that's wearing the shirt too. Like, oh that's my his, like, horde. god. <laughs> We need a good name for him. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be yet, but Threadless. This is... <laughs> the, th- the thread blood of my enemies. Um, <laughs> don't fire until you see the tidy whities of their eyes. Oh god. Uh, um, I really want to go in that building now? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see it. I've it's never huge. never wanted to get into the like competitive landscape of uh, urban fashion as much as I have right this second. Like, if you opened a shop and there was a giant sculpture of a dragon showing off the clothes... Also, don't worry. This isn't urban fashion. This is medieval fashion. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean we're gonna... I mean, we're gonna be in the heart of every major city, but... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, right, it's right. not that hard to get Times Square real estate, right? Because I think that's really where we should start. I think that's the next, like, phase of design, probably, actually, is, like, uh, ultra-baroque, like... Oh, I, I think there's going to be a hard reflex against uh, modern minimalism mm-hmm. and the like pure white sheet of Apple's got you know god awful garbage. Yes, and, and back toward like a the sort of opulent Kesha experience uh, of <laughs> the full Kesha experience. Like I want to walk into a place and there's a giant ass dragon <laughs> showing holding up on its claws. One, just one shirt, the one loudest shirt shirts. One shirt that says like Panama City Beach, <laughs> but it's but it's it's got like the the circle with the lines fading down, so it's like a sunset. But it's a coiled dragon, <laughs> like a dragon logo? around the moon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all and all of the people that are working there are like dressed in full armor, dude. Yes, they're like, and if you need a shirt, they're like, all right. I'll be right back. And they go into like the big cave that is like the yeah. back. They're like, They're like let, let me, me check, check his the- lair. <laughs> let, let me check a let Threadless's me check the lair. lair. <laughs> the lair of Threadless for the medium. <laughs> Thank you for visiting Panama City Beaches Threadless. You go, you have to ask the king. And then the king points at like points at one of the knights. No, the knight flips its visor down. And they're like, 
Yes, my liege. And they go forward, and sometimes they don't come back. Yet that you hear like, ah! Okay, that's how... And then the, oh, a medium just like gets... A medium just gets flung out of the, the that's how cave. You, that's how you end a shift at this shop. You are, you are technically eaten, eaten by, by the dragon. dragon. <laughs> this is like medieval times... The, the the store. This is the clothing store <laughs> for medieval so. times. I guess so, except that it for is medieval good, times. Ex- except that it is good modern fashion. But maybe the dragon, maybe as a concession to like modern style, the dragon is just like a like a pure white statue with mm-hmm. no colors or something. But it's still yeah, very. He's, he's very low poly. Very low poly. So later that day, <laughs> we hang out with Marie. And speaking of minimalist fashion, she talks about how a city is, like, wide but also thin, and it's basically just gray and full of squares. It's big. <laughs> Marie's getting so weird. Yeah. it's But she's got some good insights. Gray and full of squares is bleak, but is a very valid way to describe a city. Yeah, exactly. And she's she reveals that she's basically always watching us. Uh-huh. Which is interesting. She uh-huh. just casually mentions that. She's like, well, I'm always watching you, and you don't act like the way these humans are acting. <laughs> Yukiko and Chie show up. They finally kind of breach, like, where she's from, because Chie, who never even really asked about this, Yukiko goes... Oh, since I've never met her before, she must not be from around here. Oh, you must know her from the big city, right? Yeah, and Chie runs with that and is like, oh, right. she must be from the big city. And neither of us have to say anything. Neither you or Marie yeah. have to say anything because they just fill in this whole story for themselves. The, the way that people relate to Marie is very Twin Peaks mm-hmm. in that something deeply weird is happening and everybody's working as hard as they can to make it normal. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, oh, that makes perfect sense that you're just from nowhere. Yeah, you said something entirely bizarre, but that must be fine. And she just refers to them as like green friend and red friend. (laughs) Oh, you're friends with the green one and the red one. And (laughs) both. Is this the Mario and the Luigi? (laughs) And that would make me. Hmm. Looks at her own hat. It's blue. The Sonic. (laughs) The Sonic of the team. So. Marie tells Chie she looks good this time, which makes Chie very happy, and our ship gets a little bit more solidified. Mm -hmm. There's this very weird, especially in context of Marie having been added to Golden and not been in the original Persona, there's this weird meta level joke about the fact that they're always wearing the same colors like yeah so she's a little bit of commentary on the gameness of it yeah she goes up to they all go shopping together mm-hmm. and Chie keeps desperately trying to pick out new clothes. And every time she does, she's like, what about this? And you have to be like, that's green Chie. That's gr-. and Chie is like, Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Why am I so drawn to it? Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then Chie finally grabs something that's not green. And she's like, okay, I got a yellow shirt and blue pants. And you could like, if you put that together, it makes green Chie. And Chie is like, like <gasps> is it a curse? <laughs> and you can go does the red, the same thing with red. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the second most important ship for this episode for us uh, is um, Marie and, and Chie, mm-hmm. which I call Marie. Mm-hmm. And then the... Cherie. Cherie. And Jim, then the, Jim Cherie. But the third most important ship is between the yellow shirt and the blue skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I Which I call green. <laughs> well, the yellow, shirt, the yellow shirt and the blue skirt are actually the parents of Chie's jacket. Fun oh, fact. funny story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chie says, what if it's some kind of instinct? And then somebody talks about how Marie, they're like, oh, we're so glad to be your friends, Marie. And Marie immediately does one of her, like, patented, like, freeze up. What are friends? Yeah. What does this mean? Why did they say that to me? Yeah. Am I okay? Are we all okay? Avery, why did they say we were 
friends. Does that have any meaning at all? Am I friends? And you have to be like, yeah, it. There is meaning. meaning. There's meaning it's, to friends. And Yukiko says, I do believe there is meaning to friendship. And it's, it's a little bit of a weird writing moment, but... It's like Chie and Yukiko are being so sweet and are totally ready yeah. to have a conversation with someone who's like too philosophical and too serious. Yeah, that's how they became friends with us. Yeah. And so they they right away are like, oh yeah, sure, let's have this really deep, serious conversation about friendship. Whatever. Yeah. I, lo- I loved it. It's yeah. weird that you're stressing about this, but I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> hey, if it's important to you, it's important to us. That's friendship. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then we tutor shoe that night. Yes, we, we shoot her. We shoot her too. We shoot her too. We toot shoot. We toot the shoot. And <laughs> Shu has this weird realization. We have a conversation with him where he's like, school still sucks. Yeah. He, he says something that's like, oh, it's too real because I remember having this realization as a kid. Yep. Too. Like, even teachers can be people who are not very smart. Yes. Like, he like he's like, anybody who's studied something longer than you, even if they're dumber than you, can tell you what to do in that thing. Which yeah. is like circuitous and yeah, like yeah. and like he's trying to find a way to be upset like he's like trying to trying to find a way to justify his anger at school mm, yeah. and he's he's being kind of crummy about it like yeah. he's directing it at like saying my teachers are stupid yes. which i remember doing i did that as well but there's this like obviously there's this immaturity there to not realizing like there is there is this like magical thing that schools convince kids early on mm-hmm. that is just like intelligence like quote-unquote broad intelligence the inherent value of you and your mind yeah the ability for your mind to absorb or to think or grow which Mm -hmm. often i think it's just gets conflated with like conflated with being able to just do critical thinking sure but he he is realizing like oh the thing that everyone tells me is intelligence is Mm. not what some of my teachers and classmates have right so why do i have to listen to them or care about them and there's a conflict between this is supposed to be somebody who is uh, an authority figure mm-hmm. and someone I'm supposed to look up to. And I came, I, every year of school, I got into some kind of trouble because I came up against that where I, I found a flaw in one of my teachers mm-hmm. that I found intolerable because they were supposed to be paragons of academic, uh, right. academia and, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. Academia. Academia, excuse me. <laughs> Um, and I wanted them to be perfect, but we have this like cultural, culturally instilled idea that an adult is supposed to be perfect or mm-hmm. that you're so all of this like idealistic perfection type language yeah. that Shu is very much expressing like, oh wait, that's bullshit. And one of the tough things that's hard to feel sorry for yeah. about like being that kind of brain and being raised as like a smart male mm. person, mm-hmm. especially in American culture. I don't know as much how it maps in Japanese culture, but yeah. I'm pretty sure at least this aspect of it is close. Yeah. Is this uh, this aspect of having to realize all this stuff kind of at the same time. Yeah. Especially because you've been held to a high standard and because it's been so easy for you to hit that standard for so long, you think that anyone who doesn't hold it must be like an absolute idiot. Yes. And so there's this like crummy attitude that comes with realizing that no one is perfect including yourself yeah and having a very tough time connecting that and it starts with being mean to other people yes because you can't be mean to yourself yet or you're like not willing to address that you might not be perfect and so you have to decide that you're the only one who is yes exactly and then he is on top of that dealing with this like he really doesn't like school and it's this like how and he thinks until this conversation that we have with him, yeah. Shu genuinely thinks that maybe he's the only one who feels this way. Like, 
maybe not yeah. in a huge way, but a huge, but a part, a single part of his anxiety is like, maybe I'm the only one smart enough to even be unhappy. Yeah. And that, and like maybe my unhappiness is connected to mm. the fact that I'm so smart. Right. And that stuff, I, I recognize it. I feel it. And it is very hard for me to be, uh, to, to like, like I can, I can be empathetic or sympathetic of him. And I'm also just like, you're also being a dick. Like you're just being a dick. And I know you have yes. to learn because I was also being a dick when I was acting I that had, way. I had to go through a very similar transition. Yeah. And we tell him everyone goes to school like even th- nobody wants to be there right it's, it, it is a legally required thing yeah and so almost every child including the smart ones <laughs> yeah. like clashes with school in the way that you're clashing with it right a lot of kids have had to have this clash earlier than you because a lot of kids have realized that teachers are not qualified to help them yeah. earlier on you, because they have a different set of problems or something yes. like that yeah like w- kids who are dealing with like uh who have trouble learning right. have specific learning disabilities or who are dyslexic or have like attention deficit problems right. like they have to clash with the fact that our school system sucks and that teachers are are fallible these people are really supposed, early these people are supposed to be taking care of me and they can't mm-hmm. and that undermines your confidence in the whole system understandably i don't know if i've thought about it this way i before. hadn't really thought about it that way before either but yeah. it's interesting to see shu because like what that what that connects to and what that becomes yeah. is Shu looking at a bunch of kids in his class who he's like, why are these people happier than me? Right. And also I feel like they're dumber than me. And, <laughs> and also they like, they like don't even try at school. Yeah. And this realization that like, Oh, a lot of these kids have come to terms with what you're coming to terms with mm-hmm. a lot earlier. And it has resulted in them not being as like qualified in these things that you think are so important in some senses, but they are able to be happier. Like, Stepping back and being like, school sucks. And you can form a healthier approach and more of a like, oh, okay, the system is imperfect. None of this is going to work exactly right. Mm -hmm. So then how do I make it work? The longer you delay a person's, it's not like, it's hard to talk about like exactly what this is because there a lot of people use the language when they have this moment right mm-hmm. they go oh well that's the real world like yeah. now you've collided with the reality behind the illusion and that's only partway true and it leads to so much cynicism mm-hmm. um that c- causes people to stop trying to make it better or stop trying to participate yes. fully or whatever it's it's all always been there mm-hmm. the problem is how hard how deep have you gone Yes. In that illusion. How long have you been able to sustain that misunderstanding mm-hmm. of how things actually are and therefore failed to build these other strategies to deal with it? Especially people who are born into a lot of privilege and who the system is made for. Yes. Like when you are doing really well in a system, yep. it's a lot harder to tell what's wrong with it. And a lot harder to even want there to be anything wrong with it, to be able to recognize Because that. it likes you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, I mean, I, yes, I was a perfect student more or less, until uh, the 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And I did everything exactly right as, as, as I was supposed to, and I'm inclined to do my homework, more or less. I'm inclined to do well on a standardized test because of the way my brain works or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and it, when I had my clash with, like, oh, this isn't... G- why did everything go so wrong all of a sudden? Why, yeah. Even though I had these, like, individual, like... Te- this this one teacher is bad in this certain way and I would fight I fought viciously against some of my teachers mm-hmm. in a really bad way like I was very bad to some of my teachers um, out of arrogance but when it came to like oh no the whole system like when I saw behind the, the veil <laughs> right it was horrifying yeah and it and it made me feel terrible about myself and everything mm-hmm. it's like the snowpiercer part where you find out what they're really eating yeah <laughs> 
They've been eating the train all along, but we need the train. <laughs> June 12th. <laughs> so we hang out with Yukiko. She's still learning to cook. The plot is still doing the exact same thing. Yep. And okay, another thing this week, I guess, is romance, kind of. Because Uh-oh. she explicitly says, we are not, I, w- I want to be clear, we are not pushing this kind of dialogue in any of these. Like, there's no. not a single person that we're hanging out with and we're like, hey, romance, except maybe uh, like Kanji. <laughs> a little bit Kanji and a little bit Yosuke. Personally, like a little bit Yumi. Like, I oh. am, you know. I'm into okay. the drama club. That's fair. That's fair. You know. But the with Yukiko, we don't say anything. And she she completely, while we're just walking through the store with her again, because she's asked us to go shopping with her again. Yeah. So the first part, I guess the first part is relevant and yes. good for her character. Yeah. And it's that every time I try to cook at home, the chefs at the inn yeah. will try to help me by guiding me. And then they'll get frustrated because I'm not doing it well. And they'll just take the knife from me and start cutting the things themselves or like finish the soup on their own. Yeah. She says they always, they always... T- take the knife from me and uh-huh. i love that phrase for some reason yeah <laughs> like it's very good take this knife yeah jesus take the knife <laughs> jesus is my sous chef make this me so soup <laughs> um, jesus is my sous chef is incredible that's got to exist i've i don't know i don't know it's very good um <laughs> so and then she's like even when they're trying to do right for example one of the like waitress wait staff or whatever yeah. says like Come on, Yukiko wants to do it herself, even if it's awful. Yes, <laughs> even if it's the worst it could possibly be, and it is. Well, and again, that's sort of the converse of what we were just talking about, right? That's that's some adults being like real as hell with a, a teen, and be like, "Yeah, you're doing a bad job, but keep going." Yeah. Right? That's the real shit. Like, yeah, except for that chef who, like, well, the chef, the chef is bad, but the, the, the bad job. whoever the other person was, it's like mm, you're doing like. Let her do it even though it's bad Yeah, and is, then, a, is good. And then she has to listen to a conversation where, where the chef's like, why? And the waitstaff is like, right. oh, because uh, because Yukiko's trying to cook for a boy that she likes. Uh-huh. And then she's like, they made fun of me forever about it. But it wasn't not true. Yeah, and she blushes so hard that her like face caves in. It's it's so extreme. <laughs> it just like folds in. She, she like... Her blush takes her whole face into the TV world. She doesn't even need a TV. Just folds backwards. Her eyes, her eyes in that transform to like different eyes. I know. They're like a different person's eyes. There's an episode of Little Witch Academia, uh-huh. Little Witch Academia. Yeah. Where they're, everybody's falling in love. And the way they represent that is by like showing the people when they're seeing the one they're in love with. All of a sudden they all have the same bizarre anime face. <laughs> Like a totally different anime style, yeah, like a yeah. like kind of older, crummier mm. animation of just like, oh, beautiful. Yeah. And it's kind of like that, where her eyes just transform into these like anime love, like, please look at this. <laughs> I just hear her making, like, in an anime, it would be the like long pan, slow pan shot where it, it just shows her face on the left side of the screen. And she's like, <laughs> and then gets panning across until she's on the right side of the screen and it's sparkling in the background. Like, <laughs> but it's not entirely untrue. <laughs> and then it tells us when we rank up to rank six that you felt a faint hint of love from Yukiko. Uh-oh. Which is like, why? We have tried so hard not to do this. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to break up with her. Oh, no. We are going to have to break up with Yukiko. Yep. And not that we don't like her, mm-hmm. but that we just don't feel that way about her. 
God, it sucks to be a teen. It's a tough time. We hang out with Dojimo that night. Yeah. And he's looking at data about cars. We offer to make him some coffee because he looks tired. And he's like, hey, that's my job. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about trying to delay going further in like Dojima and uh, Nanako's storylines because we're able to progress through them way faster than we should be able to yeah given that we are demigod but we do rank eight and nine uh, but because he's we the only couldn't one to hang out with. do anything else what are we gonna read a book instead spoiler alert if you haven't gotten toward the end of this game like we haven't then <laughs> these are a little bit late game uh, story elements it maybe. adds this really funny level though it yeah. makes me feel pretty good about dojima in generally in generally wow sorry about that he goes on this he goes on this long emotional speech where he's just like Nanako's stronger now. I feel more connected to her because of you. We've like and in the next day he yeah. like brings a cake and tells us like now's the day that we become family. Right. And Nanako's like what are you talking about? <laughs> I love this version of Dojima as like literally all it took was one nice boy coming uh. into his house for 2 months. Uh-huh. For him to change his life, so it turns he it turned this around. ship around. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it turns out I've just been like, I've been hiding in this chase uh, for Chisato's killer because I've been running away from my feelings, and in this last two months, <laughs> you have really, really made this clear to me. Yeah, all I needed was love. Turns out, just love, <laughs> just love and family, and I was afraid to be a family, but. Gosh darn it, now we're a family. All it takes is May to June. That's all it takes. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call all my friends and I'll tell them one moment, one person and two months can turn your life around. I imagine. My new eight step program. Yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing Avery Day's great walking into a room with like the holy circle behind his head. Now yes. he's like, oh, welcome to love. <laughs> And and Yukiko, who meets you like in a month, is like, I think I love you. And vampires are like, I need that holy energy. And dads everywhere are like, we're all a family now. And every old woman in the world is like, oh, sorry, no. I mistook you for God. You remind me of God for some reason. <laughs> I keep staring at you in the hallway because that's, I think I'm seeing God. That's what's happening. And the old women are more attuned to it because they are closer to seeing actual God. Like, And that's why the fox can talk to you because you know how. Because we're God. God. Everyone, open your heart to me and I will show you the true path. But to show that it's... So he says, like, Dojima says, like, I'm not going to lose the things that are important to me. Never again. These two months have made such a huge difference. And then he, to show that it's still Dojima, he yeah. then drinks until he passes out. So. Yeah. He's like, this is great. We're going drinking. You and me, kid, except you're drinking non-alcoholic, of course. And if you pass out before me, you're going to jail. <laughs> I'm taking you directly to jail. <laughs> Do not pass out. Do not collect 200 bottles. June 13th. Now we're wearing summer clothes. Oh, boy. Every day is hot now. Every day is hot, spicy. And the clothes, boy, I sympathize with this. It is summertime in the real world, and the heat is on. The heat 
is on. I don't remember exactly because it's been forever, but I'm pretty sure it was really hot on June 13th in the real world as well. <laughs> so this is the first of a two-day period where Yumi walks up to us while we're at school. She walks directly up to I f- us. I love this. To our, to our face. It's the most drama club-ass bullshit. Love this. Yeah. She walks up to our face. She looks us in the eyes and she goes, oh, sorry. I'm just so tired. <laughs> She's got the scene mapped out in her head, and she does not need you to participate. You haven't said anything. We haven't corrected her uh, on anything. There hasn't been any other part of the conversation. Yeah. She walks directly up to us and just goes, just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired. Gosh, I'm just exhausted. I'm so sorry. Anyway, our, you're coming to drama club, right? Because I, I'm i not going, but I just want to see if the fir- you are. The first day, she's like, you're coming to drama club, right? Okay, see you there. And then the next day, she's like, are you going to drama club? I can't even be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe I'll show up if I feel like it. So a lot of people are dealing with some heavy stuff on this one. Yeah. But she is dealing with some especially weird things. So the first day, we go to drama club. Yeah. And a couple of the people, literally like two minutes before the bell for clubs to to leave, are like, okay, we finished our run of the show or of the scene. Let's just... it's a good place to stop. It's Let's a good stopping point. Up. Everybody pack up. You know, we've only got two minutes. Yeah. And she like busts into this long monologue. I wrote down a lot of it where she's just yeah. like, no, the bell hasn't rung yet. You want to quit early? You're slacking off. I'm the only one who cares about this club. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. That, was a, that wasn't quite from that one. But. Right. But she's like, this is why you don't get lead roles because you're a quitter. Yeah. And it's like. Dog, two minutes is fine. And as soon as she finishes the monologue, it's like, ding dong, everybody go home. Everybody leave this building or die. And then <laughs> they they all leave. And she to us is like, was I wrong when I said that? Right. And we said no. So, because, you know, we're trying to be supportive. One thing that I learned this week in Persona and that I have to relearn all the time is that my natural um, annoying male impulse is to contradict people and to try to put a positive spin on things (laughs) and that's really not working out super well in the persona conversationally in persona and not really in the real world either people think it's fucking annoying and they're right and i fight it all the time people don't think you're that annoying thank you so much but i do but this is a thing that i actually do that is annoying that Mm -hmm. persona is showing me because people do not like it it's kind of condescending it's just like somebody says oh this is really bothering me and you go well it doesn't seem so bad what about parts yeah and, and they're like um <laughs> shut the fuck up while i feel bad for real yeah and it's a weird thing too because it de- it does it devalues emotions yes and this is like one of the most it's like i've had to deal with this some too i've learned mm. from this too and i think everybody has to learn this to an extent because yeah. it's about like having empathy and learning how to interact with people yes but it is one of the most like 90s comedian bullshit ever okay. where, they, where like accidentally these like awful male comedians are hitting on a real problem but don't understand that it's them yes like the the conversation around like my wife always wants to talk about her feelings <laughs> and like and like can you believe it like yeah. i just i just want to watch football and yeah. like not being able to make the leap that oh the problem here is actually you yep. my dude yeah and that and yeah it's something that everybody has to learn and deal with and that the persona does kind of try to help you with and not saying that persona is very good at the way that it handles women all the time. No, no, no. But, but handling well, people yes. and learning how to say like, no, the fact that you said that's not wrong. Like I maybe, yes. maybe the particular way you handled the situation wasn't great. Right. But like you're feeling the like general feeling of we should all keep working for mm-hmm. the entire amount of time that we've promised to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And that if in the like more exaggerated case, we all gave up too early then we would have a, like, that 
things will not turn out well. Right. But she's feeling so um, pent up and worried about so many other things that yeah. that like two minute margin is getting blown way out of proportion. But still, it's like, well, you no, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other dialogue choices there was well, it was kind of the way you said it, and we were like, oh, you cannot give notes. Yeah, you to can. a drama kid <laughs> like who's going through some real shit. Do not try to critique their performance <laughs> and their delivery. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's true that the that like. But in context of what's going on in her life, yeah. and we hear about this a second later, when she talks about the next day, so we find out that not only was her dad, who she, her estranged father, who she never speaks to, not <sighs> yeah. only is he in the hospital, mm-hmm. her mom is dealing with having just passed out <sighs> because she's working all day and then going to take care of this sick guy. Yeah. And then eventually she overworked herself, overstressed, passed out, and ended up in the hospital. Gosh. So the context for this the context for wanting to work really hard every Mm. second also comes from like my mom is like one thousand percent maximizing like the amount of time that she's working all day to the point that she's like stressing herself out and like collapsing about it yeah i cannot work less hard than my mother right and 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 i'm surrounded by people who are not even putting in a fraction of that effort and you guys are calling it quits right now yeah you're acting like you're so tired when like you haven't even seen the stuff that my family's even doing and like that that we're going through okay but that also recontextualizes the the fact that she's walking up and going like i'm so tired yeah right she's been dealing with all of this stuff too and she tells us that she's like i don't I don't want to go home right now because my mom's not going to be there. Yeah. And there's no point in me going home. Like, I'm just going to go to the park and keep rehearsing. Yeah. Cause she's like, all I'll do is I'll sit at home alone. And when I'm alone, I'll just think about this stuff. Right. And, and so I'll just get mad. But we know that she's going to reach that point anyway. Right. She's going to go and rehearse by herself for another few hours, maybe. And yeah. then she's still going to wind up home alone. And in that position where you've got to reflect on the empty house and why it's empty. And that's rough. Yeah. So she's probably not been sleeping very well. And having a hard time with that. And the next day, we, like, go to the hospital to find her. Yeah. Because she just doesn't show up for drama club. So we're like, well, let's just see if it's the hospital. Mm-hmm. She seems to spend a lot of time there. Right. And we do find her there. And it's still weird <laughs> that we're just, like, going to the hospital. But yeah. I guess it's nice. Because we don't know for sure if she has anyone else right. to, like, look out for her right now. Yeah. And she talks about, like, feeling like her mom is making a dumb decision. Yeah. And she frames it a lot as if her mom is, like doing a bad job taking care of this guy Uh she's like i can't believe that my mom is being nice to my dad in this way and like she doesn't owe him anything and she's driving herself to exhaustion over it and i'm mad at her about it right she's mad at him she's mad at her like she's mad at dad mad at mom mad at everybody yeah for this chain and she keeps like and she's turned it on like the drama club which is her club and the place Mm -hmm. where she belongs she's mad at all of them now too because of this situation and so it's this like frustration with her dad that she can't move on from yeah that is like making everything go sour i like the depth and complication of these stories Mm -hmm. and the way that they're told so efficiently like in a re like a tv soap opera i would hate all of this because it would take way too long and Mm -hmm. way too much detail but there's a lot of shorthand or sort of quick sort of we get enough of this story to feel it and reflect on it and it for it to be a real feeling thing mm-hmm. without having to spend forever on yeah. any given story. Like there's so many of these different storylines that have all of these different wrinkles and complications. And something Persona does well that no other game can even really handle. Yeah. With the exception, I've seen some do this kind of similarly, like Night in the Woods has okay. touched on this a little bit, is the fact that you are dealing with a lot of emotional dramas all at once. Like these are all jumbled together. Yeah. You don't get to just like 
deal with one thing, tuck it away, set it aside. Yeah. Deal with another thing. All of these are interrelated and connected. Yeah. And these people know each other and you're seeing a little bit of all your friends all the time. Okay. And so you have to figure out how to balance like... I do want to be there for everybody, but how do I do it? Yeah. Yumi even says, like, when I first met you, you didn't seem very reliable. And that could be because we didn't go to drama club after we joined. Yeah, exactly. For, like, several months because we were <laughs> hanging out with all these other people. Yep. I don't know. She says that she's going to step down from her role, which is like, ooh. Oh, don't. It's it, like ice pick. The like worst thing that could possibly have happened to me in high school was yeah. not being in a show that I was intended to be in. And right. she's like already memorized it and worked on it, but she would still have to do these shows and, and these rehearsals. And the ramifications of these other things that are happening, mm-hmm. right? Where she's like, well, this is so bad and this is so bad and this is so bad. Well, the only way I can deal with that is to give up on my dream. Yeah. Which is real. Like that's very real and painful. It's tough. Mm. And it's tough that her parents are putting her in that position. Yeah. Oh, and she says, she says, I have my acting. That's how I keep going. I will go on. And yeah. And I was like, I am the show. (laughs) I must go on. (laughs) We hung out with Dojima again this night. And that was when we talked about him saying that we were all going to become a family. Right. And he gets the cake. And like he he's being real weird. He doesn't know how to do this. He's like he's like get take Nanako to your room and then come back here. Okay, now go get Nanako and bring her back. Yeah. And she's like, "You just told me to go over there." Like, like she's what frustrated. Are what are you doing, you weird dad? <laughs> and and then she's like, "A cake." Mm-hmm. And and Dojima's like, "This cake is because we're a family now." And Nanako's like, "I don't really get it." But I, but like I feel happy. Yeah, that's like, great. Like, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, super cute. And it's you- really sweet. And I, boy, I like this family. I like these people. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I like them. Damn it. <laughs> Only two months. I didn't want, I know. I feel, I feel for them in the space of two months mm-hmm. more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> June 14th. So we find out that camp is next week, that our school is going to go on like a camping trip. I am terrified of this. Our classes, they've been building it up for a while. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I don't want to (laughs) go. And we pass two kids who like want to get out of it. They're like, oh God, this is rough every year. I, what can we do to not have to go? Maybe I'll get sick. Yeah, boy, I'm trying to plot my, my escape route. And then we run into a kid who's singing a jingle about how rare materials can be found in the rain. And it's one of the most like... (laughs) video game things ever where you're talking to an NPC walking down the street and it's it's a kid who's like singing a quote-unquote nursery rhyme uh-huh. who's like rain rain go uh, go away come again another day if you don't I don't care I can find rare materials on rainy days <laughs> <laughs> and he's like was that the right song I don't know it sounds right to me and it's like and she, she even says she says maybe I'm singing it that way because I'm in front of this shop which is the okay. shop where you drop off rare materials yeah. <laughs> At at best, this is the, like, supernatural undercurrent of this town bubbling over. Like, she really is singing a weird song in a weird voice because of the power emanating from this repository of magical power. But in reality, it's the same as the the (laughs) housewife who's, like extolling the virtues of the square button yeah it's, it's the video game god just like <laughs> dipping into their brain for a second and just scrambling it all up hello you might need to know this yes <laughs> talk to this person to find out about the square button player <laughs> and then we hang out with nanako at night and do a magic trick for her yeah and it's like just a cute, one of these weird tiny cute scenes mm-hmm. where we just get a rubber band and like make it do the thing where it flips from two fingers to other the other uh-huh. fingers uh-huh and she she immediately is too smart for us and is like, 
hey, do that again, because I saw. Yeah. Like, I saw what you're doing, and then we, like, try to teach her how to do it, and it was very cute. But she's still enjoying it. And that thing, uh, it's funny that it starts out, you're watching TV, and then it says that she's bored. And yeah. she turns, she's like, you can change the channel if you want. Very different. Like, that's, something has changed in her, where she's not as interested in, you know, perusing her future victims. Yes. Uh, in the evening news. Mm-hmm. Um I love magic tricks and the little kid things. And there's yes. like the magic tricks are like perfect for kids, especially because of that, like sort of being an illusion that you then break and you teach them how to do it. And it can, conv- it confers power. Yeah. And also a recognition that like mm, a lot of stuff isn't exactly what it seems like. Yeah. You look a little closer. Sometimes you can see how things work and then learn to do them yourselves. I, I wonder if that's stuff. cause like, that's one of my favorite things. I love like, uh, the like, facades and like the breaking down of facades and like learning about the like how fake stuff like reality yeah. tv like what's behind it yep. and magic was a big fascination for I me as a kid yeah. so i guess i guess that thread has been going forever like the the feeling of like i want to know what's really, what's going, really on. going on yes and even then this game is kind of like mysteries yeah. in general yes kind of require you to be interested in that idea mm-hmm. like what's the behind the scenes thing that's making this story happen right and then to bring it all the way back around in maybe a, a, a heavy-handed way it's also what it takes to be a good friend <laughs> like you have to go deeper you have yeah. to go what's making what makes this person tick like what are they really what's really what going on with you not just what they're doing but why are they doing it? yeah and mm-hmm. understand trying to understand someone is like trying to learn a magic trick that's and really interesting yeah <laughs> it's like that's maybe a silly way to put it but there's but there, it's a cute these are threads it. it's very cute mm-hmm. june 15th This is this motorcycle day. This is motorcycle day. This is one of the worst days of my life. This is one of the, the Yosuke brings up the worst plan in the world again. The squeeze plays. This whole this whole thing about motorcycles and trying to get girls and flirting and squeeze plays is one of the most painful things that's ever happened, and it's so much longer than anything else. It's yeah, it's gone longer than even like our dungeon trips. It, we've it just spent, keeps happening. We've spent more time. Talking to Yosuke and Kanji about groping boobs on a motorcycle or whatever, then we have doing anything else. It's so annoying. I hate it. So we go to the city in our motorcycles after a class where Yosuke doesn't know the difference between morals and morale, which is like, whatever. Whatever, Moraoka, get out of my face. Please get out of my face. Kanji follows us on our scooters on his bike. He manages yes. to be just like a few se- seconds behind yeah. us after we've ridden there on a scooter which is like wow kanji is very good at bicycling he's great he's got powerful legs and then, and then as soon as we show up kanji goes we show up in this big city the yeah. uh, okina station uh-huh kanji shows up and he's like uh i need to go uh look at some crafts i'm gonna do some craft stuff i'm gonna just look at a bunch of crafts just guys like craft i store have town. to go to the craft shop so I, like, he's like checking his phone yeah. like uh i really it's the craft store that i'm going to mm-hmm. so don't even worry about me for a few hours it's a weird touch because then they don't we don't do anything right he yosuke just says like let's stand here until women talk to us basically it's like we've got motorcycles if we just stand here in the big city someone's gonna come up and talk to us so kanji goes off on his grinder hookup which is which absolutely is- what it was because he comes back <laughs> he comes back later and he goes oh i 
I I didn't why like why didn't you buy anything kanji oh I couldn't find what I wanted I couldn't just I couldn't choose this is like exactly like I've used this excuse on my parents like when I was like going uh. to hook up with a dude <laughs> like yeah I'm gonna go to the store I'm gonna go shopping for a little while. I'm gonna look at clothes and then when I get back I'm just like yeah I just couldn't find anything that I really liked today it was a it was a bummer like <laughs> and and that's exactly what he was doing yeah. and it's hysterical but then we uh yosuke starts saying all right maybe we should maybe we have to go talk to girls yeah and so then a pickup contest starts that we have to play caleb is caleb is ready to go like we had to we had to wrap up and we were caleb was like 15 minutes from needing to be somewhere and i was like okay okay i'll I'll just save i'll just save and then this shit kept going and it wouldn't let us save. and we sat there like dumbfounded and laughing and also just screaming at how bad it was like why can't i stop playing this stupid game and we tried to do it all like the worst as possible the first okay just go 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 oh there's an old woman talk to her two two housewives two housewives we were like hey do you want to give us our number and they just laughed and we're like oh that's so cute that you're asking (laughs) oh that does kind of take a lot of attention that does take me back I remember being young, you know, I was quite a, I was quite the catch when I was your age. Oh, so was I. <laughs> and, were, then, and we're like, give me your numbers. And they're like, <laughs> I don't really think that's what you want. So then there were, there were a couple of shining good queer moments in this yes. that were like, actually, they were like, quote unquote, kind of funny, but they were played pretty well. Yeah. And one of them was, we went up to a male police officer mm-hmm. and he gives you the option to ask for his number. And then he's like, oh, you're asking people for numbers. Like, that's funny. And then, because as if he didn't understand you the first yeah. time. And then your options are like, ask for his advice or like, ask for his number again. Yeah. And then you ask for his number. And his response isn't like, no, what are you doing? You're a man. He goes, oh, I'm married. I probably shouldn't experiment this late. He said, he said well, I, you, you know, I have a wife and kids and I, I'm not sure I should explore <laughs> like dot dot dot, and then he's like, "Oh, well, anyway, no, 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 you're a kid, no." Yeah, you're. You, you, this is this is not good. And then after that, his his thing is not again, not that you're a boy, but it's that oh, you're a kid. Actually, I didn't realize yeah. you were a teenager. Yeah, and this like, <laughs> I was like, hmm, okay, this, that's this guy's on Kanji's grinder. That might have been one of the better moments in terms of like this whole game. That 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 subject, like he's just presented as being like, well, maybe. <laughs> See, I am married, so it would probably be bad to my wife if I did that. But, but you know, but I'm not... Okay, no, uh, uh, get out of here. And even on top of that, the fact that he's an on-duty cop who's just like, this is cute. Yeah, exactly. Having a fun time. Yes. It was... It was a good conversation, and then we accidentally joined a religion yeah. where we started talking to this girl, and she's she's like, oh my gosh, I, I haven't had a conversation. I haven't done this very much. And you're like, yeah, me neither. I haven't flirted with girls very much, but she means, like, tried to convert people. I, I haven't so evangelized. That, uh, she's like, this is my first time standing on this corner trying to get people to join my religion. Yeah. And so she starts telling you about her god, uh-huh. and then she's like, join it. And her god, it turns out, is like a, like, uh, a self-help kind of god, mm-hmm. where, yeah. like, the chant is let's all go to our happy place. <laughs> and so she has you like join hands with her and then scream like, let's all go to our happy place. Yeah. Let's all go to our happy place. And then a second later, it's like, you came to your senses. Yeah, I love that. You're like you try it and then it's like, the game is like, no, you'd realize this is bullshit. Uh, and then we went and talked to a gorgeous woman as she was described. Yeah. Like a, like a you know, and then she's the one who's like, another older woman who's like, like, oh my gosh, here's my number. I'd love to get yes. to know you. But... Then we finally, like, that counted, I think, as getting a number. Yeah. So then we all reconvene. Um, Kanji didn't get a number or something. We tried calling the number we were given, and a man answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's you, and, you and punk. I, well, and I'm like, 
put the woman on the phone. Yeah. Like that was the dialogue choice. We were doing we were doing our best to just ha- this whole scene was the first time we were trying to be as garbage as possible just like aggressive. say the worst stuff. Yeah, we were just like just get it over with. I hate this whole thing. I hate everything about this. I don't want anyone to like me, so let me say the the worst things. Yeah. Unfortunately, the worst things worked out pretty well. Yeah. In, in, in some of these cases. Some of these cases. Um but maybe the, worst is we we tried to go for the weirdest one. Yeah, we were like, yeah. okay, let's just play with this scene because it's so bad. Yeah. Um and then a man answers the phone and we request that he put the woman on the line and he's like, I'll kill you if I, I he says, I'm going to rip off your head and spit down your neck. Yeah. Which, which is oh, very vivid. Very Tarantino. And it's, very aggressive. It's fully uh, voice acted too. So we got yeah. to hear it. Uh, and then um, the, <sighs> as though the scene could get worse. It does. Yeah. As though this game could get less sensitive and less considerate so towards certain people. Somebody gave Yosuke a number, and it oh, turns yeah. out the girl gave him a number for another girl from their school, yeah. Hanako Otani, who if you've played before, you know, because she becomes kind of a punching bag Man. for the rest of the game. Fucking so, bummer. Excited to see Hanako Otani a couple more times. They're trying to make fun of her because of her design, which is that she's like uh, heavier yeah. than the other characters, and she has this persona that's very much like a it's a stereotypical like princess kind of attitude yeah. where it's like somebody who like sees themselves as being very very and the, the the humor is supposed to be like isn't it funny that she thinks she's so great when she's obviously not Ugh. which is just gross it's gross Ugh. and bad and when, like god when 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 she's on the phone you can hear her voice is like a, a little bit they're trying to like, make it sound like she's got food in her mouth i know it's and, so bad and then i'm like oh no and then and then when i realized that she was about to show up and then from off camera it's like boom 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 like yeah. her footsteps are loud god damn it it's so gross don't be like this the persona's hurting me because i feel like we're getting at least one a week of this bullshit like something very annoying is happening <sighs> like once per episode so I mean, the, uh, this one, and it's so funny because we have, it's such a mixed bag and we've yeah. got some of these like touching nice moments, some of this considerate stuff where you feel like, man, somebody's doing a real good job on this. If somebody's thinking then, really hard about how to be nice to people. How to be good and how to be considerate and deal with all the complications of humanity. Except, except this then people. These people you these can people make fun are of. Oh, except like gay people. No, we can make fun of them. Someone who's overweight. Oh, we can make fun of them. Like, mm-hmm. But as long as everybody's pretty. They're, they all are having such a tough time and you should care about them. Uh, as long as everybody's pretty and straight, then like you should just really, really care about all their problems. And it's like, uh, whew, very tough time. No, thank you. Uh, this is followed by Yosuke's bike gets broken. So he has to ride with Kanji, which is the only good payoff right. of this. And there's the reason it's a good payoff is because Yosuke gets on the bike and Kanji starts blushing and immediately goes, oh, I get it now. I get now uh-huh. what you were talking about. Kanji was like, I oh, didn't... the squeeze play. Okay, I understand. Yes. He's, mm-hmm. he's, and he's like, blushing. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was Man. like, I did not understand what you meant before, but now I really get it and I love it. I think this is a really good idea. Good job, guys. And Yosuke's like, chill out. And he's like, absolutely chill, chilling out. Very chill. I'll just take the long way home, huh? <laughs> and then they bike he... home and he gets to show off those good leg muscles. Uh, earlier in the scene when they're talking about the pickup lines or trying to get a number, Yosuke shittily says, like, remember kanji only girls numbers count or something like that oh yeah and kanji's like could you you please get off of that yeah he's like you're still on this like what are you and so it's like that was a pretty that was a kanji's best response so far yeah it wasn't like no i'm so straight no it was just like hung up on that like he was like yeah you're still hung up on that and i am gonna win yeah and i'm gonna win so like that's fine too but like what a what a tangled web 
we have to inhabit here. It's annoying because all of these all of these terrible conversations are like bonus content. Like knowing that somebody went into Persona 4 Golden and was like, you know what this game needs? It needs more of the worst part. Uh, How much of the worst part can we throw into this game now? What if what what if somebody just made something good? Wouldn't that be nice? What if things were just considerate and you didn't have to do all this shit? Well, but that's what we're trying to do here is point out what's good, point out what's not. Um, Yeah. Hopefully you learned something. One of my favorite things about this podcast is like every episode, I feel like there's another awful piece of my past that I have to reckon with. Same. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I was terrible in this exact way. And hey, even if, okay, so the stuff, some of the stuff that we find frustrating in this game is reflecting back on us and our real experience of Mm -hmm. being a flawed person growing up as fast as you can and like, you know, seeing it and going... Oh no, I've probably done that. I know I have done something like that. That mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of this stuff comes from not having certain experience, not being taught certain things, or not ha- being put in a situation where you have to open your heart yeah. in a certain way. So, again, the debate of like, well, do you, how much of that do you show? Mm-hmm. And in what way do you show it such that it like has a meaningful impact versus just reinforcing the garbage? And yep. on the whole, I feel like this game's coming out on the the good side of that it's but. an interesting case of a game that is like the opposite of what i've talked about uh before about stories where they're like the like core structure of it is yeah. bad so no matter what mm. what no matter what you have your characters purport to believe when the core structure of your story and the rules of your story are already bad yeah it doesn't matter like yes. that's why suffering's hollow yep this yep. has kind of an opposite thing mm. where like it seems like the building blocks and the structure of the game like the bones of it yeah are all in line with my like feelings and beliefs and they work pretty well yeah it's just that every once in a while it puts on this face of like why are you doing this like why are you putting this face on this yeah. beautiful thing that you've made yeah and and it stands out as being out of place yeah and that's persona it. needs yeah. to reckon with its shadow wow <laughs> and with that we bid you <laughs> persona do <laughs> fyi y'all if you haven't followed us on twitter yeah and, and you uh actually listen to sentences that start with the the phrase fyi then (laughs) this will be my first one walk me through it we are switching to a bi-weekly schedule yes which means that for roughly every week of persona we'll probably be doing two weeks of real world time yeah this is just because of our actual life schedules and how they've gotten more complicated Mm -hmm. so we've got like We've got articles going up on Paste Magazine that you should check out about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. We've, and maybe other stuff in the future, who knows? Yep. We are working on that kind of stuff. We've got your two show going weekly, so if you really need to hear us every week, you can check out that one too. Why are you saying it like that's like a bad thing? No, no, like, no. I'm saying is, if you really, if you you're really saying it like, us. listen, if you, I mean, not, I, for, for some reason you want like, no, no we, I mean, really like very, not really like truly. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We, we'll we, see you in two I weeks. I do owe you. I owe you everything. You mean everything to me? <laughs> We'll see you in two weeks. I'm okay, Caleb yeah. Zane I'm Nick Splendor. And hey, get in touch with our products. Two show. Get, <laughs> get in touch with our bi-weekly products.
<laughs> um, the intro is hard. I um okay. Can we do like I'm a motherfucking old woman, like a Kesha joke? No. Okay. Just want to be topical. 